Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome out to Tree of Life. Great to see everybody. It's always at the week after Easter, right? Can I tell you, that service is just as wonderful and important as Easter Sunday, so we're glad that you guys are here for those who may have come back today. But I want to thank everybody who made Easter service possible. We had 300 volunteers serving last weekend to make it possible for us to have that Easter service. Let's thank them all. Amen. You know, in two services, we had uh, about 2,600 people. Uh, so we had over 75 people give their life to Christ and pr- probably twice that many rededicate. Let's just celebrate that for a minute because that's what it's all about. Change lives, amen? Change lives. So it doesn't happen with our, without our volunteers, so we just always want to appreciate them and honor them and we're thankful for you guys inviting people and making adjustments and services and all that to make it possible. It is the biggest attended, most attended Sunday of the year, but every year God is here. We're <laughs> putting together services that he, we believe he directs to touch people's hearts and lives. So I want to encourage you guys, invite people every week to church, amen, uh, so they can meet Jesus and have a changed life. So we're grateful for all that you guys have did, uh, did last week, looking forward to what God has coming up in the future. I also want to just say uh, Wednesday night, we had a great service, 25 water baptisms. So uh, people uh, expressing that outward work, outwardly the inward work, amen. So that's awesome. I love that. I had a, uh, somebody uh, stop me in the hall, and I just want to point him out. I'm not sure where Mar- Marcos is sitting, but uh, he and his wife last weekend, Easter Sunday. Uh, what a great service it was, and so many reasons why, but he and his wife celebrated 47 years of marriage, so I'm going to give him a shout out. God bless you. That's awesome, Marcos. <laughs> That's awesome. My wife and I this Wednesday will celebrate 20, and I said, man, that's twice as long as we've been married, and then more. <laughs> but, but anyways, it was awesome. What a great testimony, so I just want to give them a shout out. Uh, let's get ready for the word this morning. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to John 10. We're going to start in John 10. We're actually, uh, we don't normally do this, but we kicked off the series on Easter. Usually Easter is a standalone, but when we were getting ready and preparing for Easter Sunday, that, that passage of scripture, the last scripture in Revelation that we looked at, we looked at 17 and 18, Revelation 1, 18, says that he got the keys to death and hell. So he got the keys to everything that's dead and dying in your life. And keys are used to unlock things. So not only did it unlock your, um, you spiritually, your opportunity to have a new life in Christ, He's unlocking everything. He has the key to unlock everything in our life that's dead and dying. And so we're taking a look the next several weeks at a few of those. Today, we're going to talk about uh, how to hear his voice. He's unlocked uh, the opportunity for you and I to hear his voice. And really, that's important. We need to hear what he's saying to us. Amen? What's God speaking? Can I tell you God speaks? God's talking all the time. God wants to have a relationship with you, and it just stands to reason if he wants a relationship with you, and he does, that he's going to speak to you, and not just to tell you stuff or to order you around or to correct you or whatever the, the, the people may believe. He wants relationship, and in fact, I, there's this quote that I, that I had heard, and, and, and then I looked up for myself and read uh, a man named, uh, I think it's Dallas Willard, I think. Here's, let's take a look at this quote. Here's what he said. If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with God. I thought that's so powerful because, you know, we're not coming just to to go to church and fulfill any kind of obligation, if you will, or whatever that looks like. We want relationship with the only true and living God, and he wants relationship with us, and the key to any relationship is communication. Come on. 
At least all the married people just said, amen. I learned, remember I showed you last week, sometimes I just got to amen myself. There's a precedent for it in scripture. So he wants relationship. The only way that you grow a relationship, the only way that you uh, know the other person and, and get more, uh, create more intimacy relationally with them is through communication, through talking with them and being with them. So I want you to understand that's what God desires to have with each and every one of us. And I know and I believe that each and every one of us that know him as Savior and Lord want to hear from him, even those that don't. And you'll have an opportunity today to, to get to know him. But <clears throat> all throughout the scripture, you talk about uh, things that is there. We're told scripture, uh, how, to, how to walk in step with God and how to follow the, the teachings of Jesus. And he's speaking to us all the time. He even sent the Holy Spirit. God sent the Holy Spirit after Jesus ascended to heaven uh, to be in us, to lead us and guide us. And you might look like, how does that look like to me hearing God's voice? It might be an impression uh, some might say an intuition, kind of a gut feeling. I'm just not feeling right. My gut, I'm not feeling good about that decision. It, maybe it's so much to, see, to say it this way. Some may even like hear a voice and, and not the normal voices your spouse might say that you're already always listening to, but uh, you hear voices all the time. But that voice that's, that's telling you uh, to go a certain way, to do a certain thing. And, and let, let me just say it this way. And you, this might be weird to you. And, <clears throat> and I don't know if it sounds weird to you or not, but I'm gonna say it anyways. But sometimes it's such, a, such an impression that it seems like it's an audible voice, almost like someone's speaking to you. And I don't know if you've experienced that before. And I remember even just getting into ministry. I mean, I grew up in a pastor's home, so ministry was the last thing I wanted to be in. And uh, so I, I remember one day I'd ran from God and, and uh, the youth pastor at the time guilted me into driving a church van on a youth retreat. And we went to Palacios, that's it, Palacios, Palacios, Texas. And some of you that were at that retreat were teenagers back then, or parents probably now. And so we went there, and I went reluctantly just to drive. I'd been running from God. I didn't want anything to do with ministry. And in that moment, there was a powerful moment of praise and worship. And for me, it was like for these teens, oh, isn't that nice? Look at them. You know, God's really touching them. And kind of standing back at the back, just I'm just the van driver, you know. And can I tell you, in that moment, God spoke to me. And it was like the first time I felt like I really heard this audible voice, and it was the thing that really set the course for my life, because then I knew that I needed to stop running from God, I knew the call that he had on my life, and then I started making steps to pursue that. Another time, there's been three times I've kind of felt that impression so much that I would almost think that was an audible voice to me. The second time I was invited, most of you don't know this, I was invited to teach at some Bible schools in Europe. And so I hadn't, been out of Bible, I hadn't been out of Bible school myself for that long, serving here at the church. And so uh, this couple that had Bible schools all over Europe asked me to fly over and teach two weeks. One week I taught in Tallinn, Estonia. I taught about five classes a day for five days. And then the second week I taught in a, in a Bible school just outside of Stockholm, Sweden. A great experience as young, a single, great experience, traveling, seeing Europe, doing all this stuff. And it was interesting when I was in Sweden, uh, um, they housed me in this, it was really like a convent. It was like a bed and breakfast, like a convent. It was run by nuns and stuff. And I got there and I thought, man, I'm in Sweden, this is awesome. And I thought, did my mom arrange this lodging? This is all nuns running this place here. <clears throat> Probably so. So uh, outside the nunnery, <laughs> there, was a, there was a lake. And, and one day, I was just overwhelmed by what God had, uh, had me doing there. I thought, who am I to teach Bible school to, to fly to Sweden? They could have asked so many people. And, and it was just overwhelming. I had just this moment of just this sense of, I'm just not good enough or worthy or how, why me, God? And so I was standing by the lake outside the place. And I was just talking to God that way. And I heard, I heard this voice. And I, to me, I would like look around almost and say, well, that's an audible voice. But it was just this impression from God. And he said, he goes, if you trust me, I'll take you places you never dreamed you could go and you'll do things you never dreamed you could do. 
And, and if you've been here any length of time, you've heard me say that from the pulpit many times. And that's where that came from. That was that audible voice to me. And I think, of, look, look what God will do. And so, never dreamed I'd be doing this. I never dreamed the things that we'd get to do. But I'm telling you, God's speaking to you all the time. Can I say, God speaks. And so, we don't always listen. And so, my hope today is to find the keys to unlock um, because he got them so you could hear his voice clearly, to unlock uh, the voice of God in your life and so you can hear from him. So let's take a look this morning, <clears throat> and I want to look first with a metaphor about this relationship that Jesus wants with us, and we're going to look at that in John 10, and starting in verse 3. Let's take a look and see what he says. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Say listen. Sheep listen to his voice, he calls his own sheep, now we're talking relationship, he calls his own sheep by name, now we're talking intimacy, um, and leads them out, it goes on to say this, when he has brought all of his own, he goes ahead of them. You understand that God's leading you. He's ahead of you, going before you, and he's beckoning you to come and follow him. And I think that's important because God's not behind you driving you with harsh and cruel words or with a whip. He's in front of you gently, softly, loving you, beckoning you to come and follow him, and the Bible says his sheep hear his voice. Now, the sheep don't always listen, but his sheep hear his voice. Um, His sheep will follow him because they know him. Now, listen to this, but they will never, say never. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Just as much as the previous verses say that we have the ability to hear the voice of the shepherd, Jesus, I want you to understand, you have the ability to tune out the other voices. That's just truth, that's what the Bible says. You have the ability then to not follow the other voices speaking to you, pulling on you, distracting you away from the plan and purpose of God. And that's what we were here to understand a little bit more this morning, that he has the key to unlock your ability to hear his voice. But it's going to require some things for us, from us, of course. And so um, when we look at this, I want you to understand we're not just trying to hear his voice, we're trying to tune out, excuse me, tune out other voices. And so let's take a look at some distractions, some of the things that kind of make it hard to hear his voice. The first one would be this busyness. And then we all know that. In fact, today, I mean, can you get any busier today? I mean, I, I talk to people all the time, and, and I do this all the time, too. It's like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm busy, right? It's like that. Hey, how was Easter? Busy? <clears throat> What's your, what are you doing this week? I'm just busy. What's your week look? It's busy. What's last week? Busy? I mean, it's like that. That's, I mean, normally. And no one says, how you doing anymore? No one says, fine, hardly. How you doing? Well, you know, it's just kind of tired a little bit. And, and it's like, busy? It's just everything. Busy has replaced every other response when people ask, how are we doing? And that really shows that we just live busy lives, and it's not slowing down at all. So we can be so busy that it makes it difficult to hear not only his voice, but really the voice of any relationship that we have. And in fact, we all know, and I, this just last week, I had, uh, I got a phone call, didn't recognize the number, so I let it go to voicemail, and I listened to it, and it was a friend of mine that we hadn't, I don't know, two years maybe, maybe two years. And so that's why I didn't, he got a new number since then, so I, I called him back, and we, we met for lunch, and it was like, how you been? Busy? How did we let our relationship, our friendship drift apart? We just got busy. Come on, we're talking relationships. So busyness can be a distraction for our relationship with God. And usually it seems like we'll invest and pour into other relationships if we're trying to uh, work the economy of time with busyness and usually he's the one that gets neglected, if you will. Uh, The truth is busyness is just an epidemic in our society. Take a look at Luke 10, 39 through 40. Here's what it says. 
And this is about Mary and Martha, and Jesus was there to have dinner to eat. So Martha and she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, this is the Amplified, I love it, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted. She was distracted. She allowed herself to be distracted because she was overly occupied and too busy. Can I say that probably just describes Don, overly occupied and too busy. I mean, insert your name here. And so here's a moment, and Martha's overly occupied and too busy, and she misses this opportunity to get with Jesus. And I think a lot of us are there, and we want to hear from God, but we have too much going on to hear his voice. But the truth is, we'll never hear his voice clearly until we slow down a bit. I mean, we're running at warp speed and wanting to hear his voice as we're just flying by him. And we need to slow down a bit. And honestly, you have to make time for God. And this might sound a little crazy and very unspiritual, but can I tell you this? If you have to schedule him in your calendar, schedule him in your calendar, for goodness sake. I mean, we live by those calendars, right? Our phone and just beeps and it tells us when we have appointments coming up. Can I tell you, it's not a bad thing. It's not unchristlike. It's not unloving of the Father if you put and schedule. Can I tell you, he would love to have you schedule time with him. Come on. In the morning, before we get on Facebook, and we, when we watch Good Morning America, we should say, good morning, God, all right? We should have that time or some time to do that. And so it's, it, it helps us combat the busyness. And if you have to do that, then you need to do that. Um, if you don't make time for God, there is no time for God. If you don't make time for God, there is no time from God, for God. Psalms 46.10 says this. He says, be still and know that I am God. Can I tell you that we, we, we love this scripture that's probably on our, our mirrors or whatever it is, but can I tell you we really relate this when things are really out of control? I'm stressed out, I'm overwhelmed right now, and I just, just need to meditate on the scripture. Can I tell you, this is always a powerful truth. Always. You don't have to be in crisis to hold on to the scripture. And, and the way it reads to me is this, and let me ask you it this way. How do I know that he's God by, come on, it's not a trick question, it's on the screen. How will I know he's God by being still? That says to me, I don't know that I'll know him the way he wants me to know him, the way that's gonna benefit me, the way I wanna know him until I find those moments that I can slow down and be still and hear his voice. Uh, But we get distracted, we get busy, we get distracted. You'll never know he's God until you're still long enough to know that he's God. And let me, let, me, let me give you this thought, give you this thought. The quieter you become, the more you can hear. Can I, let me make a suggestion to you this morning. I don't know how you feel about this, but obviously you're already in church, so you're here and spending time this morning. Appreciate that. But can I tell you, I'm just going to suggest to you that on Sunday, you've already devoted time to God. Don't let it end when you leave church. And I might suggest this might be the best thing that you can do. You, you implement kind of, we're just going to give God this whole day. And maybe you do your honeydews and your to-do list and some of the other things. Maybe you do those Saturday. Maybe you do them another day of the week. Can I tell you, don't load up Sunday. Just a suggestion, don't load up Sunday when you get home from church with a whole bunch of stuff that you have to catch up and keep doing. Maybe try and find another way to do that because now that you're here, you've had time in worship. You've had time to, to cast your care upon him. You've had time to enter in and lift your hands and, and, and allow the peace and spirit of God come on you. You're having time now to hear a word that will hopefully will inspire you, touch your heart and your life. You're having fellowship with other believers. Can I tell you now to go home and start getting right back into worldly stuff would probably not be the best thing for you. In fact, if you could extend your God time today, I will promise you that you'll be able to hear his voice more clearly this afternoon. Before you get started involved there, why, you've already prepared your heart. We'll talk about that in a moment. And so maybe for some of us is we just need to kind of leave the whole day 
open to spend time with God and maybe we should adjust our schedule to accomplish or accommodate some of the other things that we typically lead to Sunday. And so if you can quiet your soul, you'll be able to hear him more clearly. Competing voices, busyness and competing voices. There's so many things that compete today. In other words, God can be speaking to you, but if there's a hundred other voices speaking to you, you may not hear him. And let, and let me say this, God's not gonna try and compete with the other voices. He's not gonna outshout the other voices. I mean, you might think he can, but he's not going to. And so we have to understand, we need to start eliminating some of the competing voices. And if we can't eliminate some things, then we need to restrict them. But Jesus was always trying to reach out to people, and oftentimes, people got distracted with competing, other things competing. And so you can hear more clearly when you get rid of the competing things or voices. Uh, Luke 14, 18 through 20 says this, but they all like began to make excuses. Jesus is wanting to follow them. They're making excuses. I want to follow you, but... The first said, I just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Did the field change from the last time you looked at it? Is it going to be different the next time you look at it? Is the field going to go? You're just going to go stand out in the middle of the field. Making excuses. It goes on. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Were you taking them for a test drive? I mean, what are you doing with that, right? I mean, they're going to be there, they're there, they're going to be there again, uh, and more excuses, and I'm on my way to try them out, please excuse me. Here's another one. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. See, guys started blaming their wives from early, early on. <laughs> I'd love to spend more time with you, Jesus, but the wife? And so it's like excuses, so many things competing for us today. It's easy to justify, it's easy, to, if you will, to find an excuse for not spending time and allowing these other things to compete with the voice of the Lord. And can I tell you, he's not gonna outshout. He's not gonna outrun, he's not gonna outcompete with the other voices. And so we need to understand that we need to make the adjustment. I'd like for all of us to think through some of the competing things that we've allowed in. Some we need to eliminate completely, some we need to restrict. Uh, the obvious one for me is, when it comes to competing things, are all, all things digital, if you will. I mean, smartphones, tablets, TVs, social media. And really, those things are just major time consumers. And I heard someone say this, we're spending way too much time on Facebook when we should be seeking his face. And so, you know, that, was a, uh, that hit home with me. I'm not, I got off Facebook for, partly for that reason and the others, but listen, we need to manage that better, especially young people. And here's something very interesting. Studies say kids between eight and 18 spend seven and a half hours a day on media. That's 53 hours a week. If my math is right, I know 48 hours and it was two full days. That's more than two full days out of seven days of young people on, on media. Uh, you know, God, God barely has a chance. He barely has a chance to get in with you. When we give him 75 minutes on a Sunday morning, or 80, or maybe we give him 60 on a Wednesday night, he barely has a chance. <clears throat> so we need to be mindful of that. I'm not saying social media is bad, I'm saying social media has its place. Put it in its place. And its place is not before God. And its place is not before your spouse. Its place is not before your children. Its place is not before other things, and so understand that. Let's take a look at Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1 too. Since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must, listen to this, we must get rid of everything that slows us down. Get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us, everything distracting. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus, say focus. We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. We, you have to focus on him to hear him. In other words, he's not gonna come again into the competition and try and out yell or out shout or out compete 
To hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume. To hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume. Uh, You need to figure that out, figure what that is and how to do that. So uh, one more distracting thing, keeping us from hearing God. This This is a big one. You wouldn't maybe put this here or think about it, but I think this is extremely important. Let me give you number three, unprepared heart. An unprepared heart makes it difficult to hear the voice of the Lord. See, Jesus often pointed out that he is speaking a whole lot more than people thought he was. It wasn't that he wasn't speaking, it was just that his words uh, were, were landing places that they weren't prepared for them to land. Now this is important because it puts you and me in control to get our heart ready. You and I are in control to get our heart ready. So we need to think about it. Am I ready to hear from him? And listen, even when coming to church, even when coming to church, well, that's why I'm here this morning. Can I tell you, even when coming to church, we should prepare our hearts to hear from him before we get here. And so if you take five or 10 minutes individually as a family, take a few minutes, get up a little earlier, it will be worth your time and energy, I promise you, and spend a little bit of time just getting before the Lord, maybe just a time of prayer, maybe individually, Holy Spirit, reveal anything in me that's not of you, I repent, forgive me, I'm sorry for this, honey, I'm sorry for that, kids, I'm sorry for this. What would it look like if we all came in with prepared to hear from God hearts? instead of taking this time to prepare our hearts to hear. Can I tell you, our experiences with the Lord would be just so much even greater. I think we have a great experience with the Lord if you choose to on Sunday morning, but if we come in prepared to hear the environment that we create and the things that we walk out with from God, instead of taking this time to prepare our hearts, we already have, and now we take more time to listen. Amen? As he speaks to us. And so maybe we should get up a few minutes early, five to 10 minutes, and spend some time getting our hearts prepared And what if we got some of those things out of the way at home before we ever got here and now we're ready to receive some some things? There's a parable in the Bible that Jesus shared and it's about the sower sowing some seed and he's throwing the seed out and it's just hitting rocky ground. Matthew 13, 19, message paraphrase says this. When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. He's sowing seed, it's just landing on the surface. And so because it's on the surface, because the ground wasn't prepared to receive it, the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart because the heart wasn't prepared to receive it. This is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. And what Jesus is saying is the evil one is constantly coming around to pluck at the seed and it's easier for him if your heart's not prepared. It's easier for him if your heart's not. How many times has he spoke to us and before we ever had time to process it or think about it, the, the enemy's already plucked it out because our heart wasn't prepared to receive what he's saying. So you have to, you have a role in preparing yourself to hear from God. Uh, Robert Morris uh, said this, I love this quote, God comes to a prepared environment. God comes to a prepared environment. God's gonna show up and speak and his voice will be more clear to you the more you prepare the environment for him to speak. So we need to learn that. Second Corinthians 7.1, message paraphrase says this, with a promise like this to pull on us, dear friends, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and, fit and holy temples for the worship of God. Let's work on eliminating those things out of our lives that are not pleasing to God and prepare our hearts to hear from him more clearly because he's speaking to us. I wanna give an illustration now. And I, want, it's, I don't want to inconvenience anybody per se, but uh, just bear with me. I want um, to ask everybody to stand to your feet. Just it'll take just a few moments. Everybody stand to your feet, stand to your feet for me. Stand to your feet. 
And here's, here's, this, here's how this is gonna work. In just a moment, I'm gonna ask the guys in the sound booth to play a particular sound. And some of you will hear this sound, and some of you won't hear this sound. And so, when you hear the sound, I'm asking, when you hear this sound, then immediately sit down. If you don't hear the sound, remain standing. And so, no cheating, okay? All right, well, I don't wanna be left standing. When they sit, I'm gonna sit, whatever, like that. I don't want anybody to know, I can't, whatever that, because you know who knows? God does. And if you want him to speak to you, I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay, so be completely honest. When you hear the sound, immediately sit down. If you don't, remain standing. Guys, can you go ahead and play the sound? All right, all right, look around. Okay, everybody can be seated. Isn't that kind of weird? What's, that, what's up with that? Can I tell you how, how that, why that is? I mean, just say it right there. That's because, some heard it and some didn't. That's because those, it's because you're old. I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't mean that ugly. Let's bow our heads and pray. Come back next week. God bless you. But can I tell you, I've been listening all weekend working on this illustration. I have yet to hear that sound. I've yet. In fact, I, to make sure that it was actually playing, I called my kids into my office on Saturday. My 16, 17 year old, come into my office. You, let me play this. You hear anything? And they're like, ow, ow, ow. I'm like, come on, seriously? I, I have yet to hear anything. And it's interesting, and, and, and you, but here's, here's the point. At one point in time, every one of us could have heard this sound. But as life goes on and we get older and we're listening to other things and our ears are different and we hear different sounds, we have other things come in. Spiritually speaking, it's the same thing when it comes to hearing from God. We have to be very careful when we get older, we've allowed so many other things to come in and, and, and so many other things that, that, over life and time that it, sometimes it's, it's harder to hear his voice like we could when we were newer in the Lord, if you will. And so it's a great illustration for you and I, but at one point in time, everyone had the ability to hear this sound. And so now, uh, because of where we're at in life and seasons of life, and again, I've yet to hear it in seasons of life that we're not able to hear that sound, let's not allow that to happen spiritually. Because sometimes we've had more tests and trials in life, and we've had more uh, temptations in life, we've had more uh, experiences in life, and now we're, we're depending more on ourselves, perhaps, we're depending upon other things and other people, and it's all of a sudden we've, we've lost that childlikeness, because it's like the younger people, honestly, have an easier time of hearing that sound. Oh, it's interesting if you, if you study this out, and I spent a long time this weekend researching this, um, the, the person that kind of came up with this discovery put it to use. There were some high-end stores in London really high-end stores in London, and they had a problem with young people riding their skateboards and just out there all the time, it would run off, basically keep out the customers that they wanted, the older people that would come and spend money there. And so a security company came and put up speakers and played that sound, which is the sound, it's the frequency of 17.4 kilohertz roughly right there, which is the sound a mosquito makes, it's the same frequency they say. And so this guy came up with this thing, calls it mosquito teen repellent. And so they started playing that, the speakers out their stores, and it ran all the teenagers off. Teenagers wouldn't hang out there anymore, and, but the older people come in and spend money there, so it worked for them. But so young people, let me tell you, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but you, you know, you, you're in church, so I'm gonna reward you. Uh, young people then turned it around and started putting that as a ringtone so their teachers and parents couldn't hear their phone ring, right? So don't do that, young people. Thank you, Pastor Dodd, I'm glad I came to church today. All right? Spiritually speaking, though, we need to make sure that we um, continue to keep that, that innocence, that we can hear the voice of the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about, in Matthew, it talks about, unless you come, become like a little child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. 
and that we need to have childlike trusting faith, but I think there's so many other things that we need to be childlike in. We need to get back to our innocence, right? We need to get back to where we're hearing the voice of God instead of all the other things over time that we've listened to or now it's becoming harder and we need to get back to that place of innocence, if you will. It's a beautiful thing that no matter how old you are, you can still become childlike in your relationship with God, whether it be with your faith and trusting him in everything or your ability to hear from him. And I wanna encourage you today to come back to some innocence and say, God, I wanna hear you again. And uh, you know, since that illustration really talks about the ability maybe more of younger people to hear his voice, there's a great illustration in the scripture in 1 Samuel. You can go ahead and turn there, 1 Samuel 3, 1 Samuel chapter three starting in verse one through 11, and this is a story about the young man Samuel. He's just a little boy at that point in time. He becomes a, one of the prophets in First and Second Samuel, obviously, he wrote. And then uh, Eli, uh, who was a, a priest prophet at that point in time. And so at this point, God's speaking to Samuel, and he's not, he's not aware of that, what that is, what is that? He doesn't know what to do with that. And he goes to the older man, uh, Eli, and Eli haven't, hasn't heard the the voice of the Lord in a long time. So let's take a look to see how this plays out. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. People weren't hearing from God anymore. And there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. It called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli because he thought it must have come from Eli. Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, I am here, you're calling me, here I am. My son, Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, didn't know how to handle this. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him, so he didn't really know that that was God calling. And a third time the Lord called Samuel, called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, what? (laughs) You called me here. Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Eli could not hear the voice of the Lord anymore. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So if you take away anything today, take away this little prayer right here. My heart is that every single one of us, every day when we wake up in the morning and we're throughout our day, we'll find a moment, we'll say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so that's the instruction from Eli to Samuel. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about to tingle. People were gonna be able to hear God again, and it was gonna be amazing, exciting things. Can I tell you, some of us need to hear the voice of the Lord again because it's amazing and exciting. And maybe it's so much as just saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is here listening. But in this passage of scripture, we get three keys, three keys to unlock our ability to hear the voice of the Lord. In fact, let's go back to verse three. I want you to see him here in that scripture. It says, the lamp of God, say lamp. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was laying in the house of the Lord, say house, where the ark, say ark, of God was. Those are our three keys. Let me explain that to you and how that works. So no matter where we're at in life, it can unlock, I believe these things will unlock our ability to hear from God. Maybe even get us back to that place of innocence again so we can hear more clearly. Number one is this, uh, how God's speaking to us, the key to unlock is as we read his word, as we read his word. 
You're gonna have to get in his book in order to hear his voice. Remember, right there in verse three, it said he was laying by the lamp. That word lamp means Bible. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me that. Let's take a look in Psalms 119, 105. Here's what it says. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. Your word, your Bible is a lamp unto my feet. The Bible's not there just to give us historical records and great stories. It's not there just to give us some spiritual principles or truths. The Bible will actually illuminate for you. It it will speak to you. Read it, it will come alive. The book is alive, amen? uh, I did a series in January. I don't wanna spend a lot of time on this point, but I wanna encourage you, if you haven't, go back and listen to the series in January. It's called He Said, God Said, and it talks about how we can trust the Bible. Why? Why do we know it's true? How do we build our life upon it? How do we apply it to our life? The Bible can be trusted, amen? What would it look like if we made a fresh commitment to read God's word? I would ask some of you that are having a hard time hearing God's voice, when was the last time you got in his word? When was the last time? And not just like looking up a scripture because you're sick or you need something, right? It's you get in there on a regular, but you want to hear his voice more clearly. Here's a key. Get in his word more regularly, more consistently. It doesn't take a lot of time, but you should never go a single day without at least one verse. If you have time to read. My, my mom raised me this way. Read a Proverbs every day, if nothing else. A chapter in Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. And so today is what? April 23rd? So today go home and read Proverbs 23. And tomorrow, read Proverbs 24. It doesn't take much time, but can I tell you, if you wake up a few minutes to do that, then that would be the best time you spend. That five minutes extra that you thought would be helpful to you to stay in bed, can I tell you, reading five minutes of scripture will be more helpful than five minutes more in your bed? Can I just tell you? And so it also will enable you to hear his voice more clearly. And so read your Bible. There's one-year Bibles. There's all kinds of God, God's plan. A friend in here gave me a one-year Bible, which I love. Has some old New Testament passages, easy to read. Uh, read God's word. Get it in your life every day. Psalms 119, 147. Here's what it says. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. In your word. We need to spend more time in the word. If you want to hear God's voice, get into God's word. He will speak to you. Okay, God's still speaking. Number two, as we cultivate his presence, here's a key, cultivate his presence. Remember back in verse three, he was by the ark. The ark in the Old Testament is where the presence, physical, tangible presence of God dwelt. If you remember the movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the big gold box that had angels on either side on top of their wings like this, covering the, the, the top and covering their eyes, and in the middle was the mercy seat. And inside of it was the Ten Commandments and some other things. But the tangible presence of God dwelt there. That's what what the Ark of the Covenant was for. And it would be a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It was a tangible presence of God. I believe in the New Testament that place for a tangible presence of God is in our worship. That he lives and abides inside of us, sure by the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you, God's attracted to worship. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. You want to hear from God? Worship him. Guess what? He shows up. He's attracted to your worship. Be a worshiper. God is attracted to our worship. If you're trying to find God, just worship, and he will find you. He's attracted to it. And Chronicles says the eyes of the Lord search the whole entire earth, not just looking for people who showed up at church, but whose hearts are fully devoted to him. He's looking for people whose hearts are fully devoted to him. John 4 says the Father is seeking worshipers. 
He's attracted to worshipers. Nothing cultivates the presence of God more than passionate worship. Genesis 3, 8, the presence of God's what he wants. And this is Adam and Eve in the garden walking with them. His presence was there with them and they heard him, they heard him talking. The sound, that's the sound they heard him in the garden, the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And then it turned kind of tragic and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence because the presence of God is seeking you, pursuing you. You run from it, you hide from it, but they hid themselves among the tree. And can I tell you, don't hide from God, worship him. Talk to him. And Adam and Eve felt guilty and ashamed. Listen, that's the best time to go to him. Get in his presence. Get in his presence. Cultivate the presence of God in your life. And you know what? If you're mad at God, you've done something, then tell him you're mad. He's okay. Tell him that. If you're sad, he wants to know. Just walk with him. Just talk with him. Just share with him. Just love him. Just adore him. Just worship him. Just praise him. Cultivate the presence of God. And God speaks and is still speaking, the last one, number three, as we get planted in the church. Now, come on, pastor. All right, take a look. It says he, Samuel, was in the temple. Samuel was in the church. And can I tell you, it's important for you and I to get in those environments that are created, the right environment, created to hear the voice of God, you need to find a church, and it doesn't have to be this one. There's lots of great churches out there, but you don't just attend it every once in a while. You pour yourself into it. You dive into it. You know, May 7th, you saw in the announcements that we have the growth track. Step one, four weeks, four Sundays. If you're new here, it's the best way to get plugged in. Get in the growth track. Get baptized. We just talked about 25 water baptisms. If you you gotten saved recently, get water baptized. You're not serving, serve. Pour yourself into it. Listen, put it to the test, and I'll say this. Give it a year. Be committed for a year. Come consistently. Listen to the word. Apply the word. Serve somewhere. Participate in events. Pour yourself in, and a year from now, you'll, you'll say that my life isn't where it used to be. It's farther ahead, and I've heard God more speak to me more this year than ever before. Why? Because we're putting ourselves in environments created to hear the voice of God. That's the keys. Get in the Bible. Cultivate his presence through worship and get plugged in. Can I tell you? He will speak to you in the house of God. Samuel was in the temple, the church, by the ark where his presence was, by the, with the lamb, near the word. He heard from God because he was there. Listen, he will speak to you on the growth track. He will speak to you on a serve team or on a small group. He will speak to you at the men's breakfast. He'll speak to you at, at the ladies' Bible study. He'll speak to you at Married for Life. He'll speak to you at events. He'll speak to you at nights of worship. He'll speak to you at Encounter Sundays. He'll speak to you through the people you connect with here and the relationships you build. He'll speak to you in ways you never dreamed pour your life in. What's all this mean? Maybe God's speaking and I just gotta put myself in the right environment. See, a lot of times we just have to put ourselves in the right environment. It takes the right environments. Can I tell you, bananas don't grow in Alaska. They grow in Jamaica. Try and grow, go Alaska and grow bananas, right? We're trying to be in these environments where we just need God to speak and intervene and he's saying, I've created the opportunities for you. Put yourself in the environment. Get plugged in. If you want the right fruit, you've got to get in the right environment. Let's take a look at Psalms 92, 11 through 13. My eyes have seen, listen to this, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. And it goes on, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted, 
in the household. You'll hear the defeat of your foes, the adversaries from God. When you are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. You'll see it, you'll hear it, you'll experience it, you'll grow, you'll be stronger. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of God, amen? Be in the right environments. God is speaking. How do you hear his voice? Here's the keys. Get in his word. Make a fresh commitment to it. Get in his presence. Be a worshiper. Speak to him. Talk to him. And get in his house. Plant yourself. Be in the right environment. Pour yourself in. Make a commitment. You want to hear God speaking more clearly? I just gave you three keys on how you can unlock the voice of God in your life. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.